Erev Shabbos, Parshas Bahar B'chukai Say Chazak. And we are continuing here with Evan Shlema, wrapping up in Evan Shlema week. We began yesterday, Perak Vav, Simon Vav, Vav Vav. And the truth is, yesterday I, I, I thought we would do the whole thing on one day, but it became clear that there's so much to mine out of this piece of the Gain that it carried over to a second day. So, see, they wanted that obviously from Shemaim so that we would have this set up as Vav, Vav, Vav. Perik Vav, Simon Vav, Yom Vav. We mentioned yesterday it was Vav, Vav, and Yom Hey, but see, the Rebbe wanted the Vav, Amudim. The Vav, Amudim over here. And this is the. That's right, that's right. So, a very auspicious place to be on Erev Shabbos, Parshas Chazak. And what do we have yesterday? We saw that the going, this is again in the Perik Vav, which is the Perik of Chinuch, raising your children. And the going was talking about, the um, going was talking about learning properly, proper approach to Torah study and being medactic, Belimudai. The going said as an adult, if you learn with Diktuk, if you're medactic in your learning, that helps you fight your Yetzir Hara, that helps you work out your bad mitos, that helps you set straight what is crooked, and helps you, the Maisim type, helps you do the right thing. Helps you do the right thing when you learn properly. You want to give that over to your kids as well. And with your kids, the guide said that, that if you help them learn properly, any Yetzir Hara bite. They're not even going to uh, be, be tempted by the Yetzir Hara, because if you as, as we've seen already, you know, you have them at an early age. It won't be a battle against the Yetzirah. It'll be rendering them, rendering them um, um, impervious to the Yetzirah. They will have resistance to the Yetzirah. You're going to inoculate them. <coughs> inoculate them against the Yetzirah because you're doing it while they're young. So that's important for us to know that learning properly gives us protection and learning, uh, giving that over to our kids will give them... For us, it's a booster shot for our child. It's it's a vaccination. It, it, it makes them gives them the resistance resistance at the court to the Yitzhahara. And he concluded by saying, therefore, you have to train your kids to learn the Shem Shemaim. So he switched from learning with diktuk, learning with precision, to learning with Shem Shemaim. And he said, ignore the people that may tell you otherwise. You have to ignore them, and you have to train your kids to learn the Shem Shemaim. So we were trying to assemble this. The questions that we were working with was, how come the guy switches from learning with Diktuk to learning the Shem Shemaim? And how is it that learning properly helps you altogether with resistance against the Yitzhar? Why is it that if I learn properly, it'll give me resistance against the Yitzhar? So we're in the middle of putting that together. What we developed and we began with yesterday was explaining and exploring um, this dichotomy. Are they really two different things? what the guy opens off with, which is learning with diktuk, to what he concludes with, learning the Shem Shemaim, are they two different things? We were explaining that no, really they are one and the same. They are one and the same. Um, they're two different halves, two different sides of the same coin. <clears throat> two different halves, I could say, of the same concept. And, and um, just the outside and the inside of the same chalant pat. They go together, they go hand in hand. Learning L'shem Shemaim and learning with Diktuk, learning with precision. How so? So we explained yesterday. There's one way to learn appropriately and properly and, and correctly, and that's L'shem Shemaim, for the furtherance of Torah, Torah's own sake, for Hashem's sake, for the, 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 the sake of developing the Emes. And there's many, 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 many ways of learning Shalai L'shem Shemaim for some agenda, for some ulterior motive, for my own gain. Many different ways I could be gaining, as we said. And the, the difference between these two categories is 
what, at what point do I say I have, you know, achieved what I set out to accomplish? When do I say, you know, Gitan and Geendikt, I, I did it, I, I got there, I got there, and, 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 and I, I move on to the next part of my learning, to, to the next topic. So if I have an agenda-based learning, ulterior motive, whatever that may be, so as soon as I've achieved my motive, then, I, then I'm done, I'm done, and I move on. If my learning is based on altruistic motives, if it's L'Shem Shemayim, it's just for pure knowledge, for the sake of the Torah's sake, to establish the MS, so I don't stop until I've arrived at the MS, and my only motivating factor is to, is to make sure that I came out with the MS. Do I really have the MS or not? And another way, we gave a few examples to this yesterday, another way of presenting this, this, this difference in approach is my attention to detail. How much am I paying attention to detail? And it's scary, but true, that when someone has agenda-based learning, he's learning for ulterior motives, he's learning so that he can say he finished that day's source sheets, he's learning so that he can, he can, he can make a name for himself, he's learning so that he can finish a mesechta, say hadran alach, um, he's... Um, um, learning for any of the above reasons, and any variation on the above reasons, there will be a tendency to, to say very crudely, to, to um, alter the facts and information to fit his outlook, to fit his worldview. Said more mildly, there will be a tendency to learn with sloppiness, with sloppiness. If it's just about being able to turn the page, if it's just being able to check off this mesechda, if it's just about being able to um, make a name for myself, impress people, there will be a tendency to make everything fit with with a, a, a quick, rushed, and hurried uh, conclusion. Meaning, if my goal is to be able to turn a certain amount of pages a day, and that's it, that's all I'm looking at, if my goal is just to be able to get to the end of the sechta and say, my goal is, is to be able to, um, I have an assignment, you know, I have this day's source sheets, I got to go through all the sources. That's my goal. So I, I won't be looking for problems. I won't be looking for, you know, did I really get, did I nail all the details over here? Rather, I will be looking to have, you know, something that makes sense, a reasonable approach to the Gemara, a reasonable pshat, and everything just kind of has to be hammered into that pshat. And trying to have a pshat makes sense, you know, more or less, kind of. And I, I go on. You call someone like that on our details, but yeah, but why, what about this word? And why is he saying it this way? And what are you going to do with this line? And doesn't this seem to be a little bit funny? And doesn't this seem to be a little bit of a non sequitur over here? And what's this abrupt flow? And these details suddenly can't be answered or addressed because I was trying. I was. I was just hammering everything into place to make it fit my sloppy job that I did over here to keep going. It's that's inevitably going to be an outcome of agenda-based learning. When I have an ulterior motive, when I'm learning with some other with some uh, some other cause, and and I'll, I'll just throw one more thing into the list. You know, 
there's all kinds of programs out there. There's there's smicha programs, smicha programs. Someone's part of a smicha program. You know, come in on this end, we'll give you smicha. Come in on the other end with smicha. You'll come out on the other end with smicha. So very often, Rabbi said, there's there's, there's a very a, a danger, a danger, in being involved in such a program to have this kind of an approach to learning. That's also agenda based. That's also a, 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 a um, let's say motivation which is not naturally born from within the Gemara, coming from without, something coming from, from, from the outside that I'm kind of superimposing upon my learning. And it's, it's smicha-based. I have a timetable. I have a certain amount of material that I have to finish in a certain amount of, of time to, to, to get my ordination. And that can also... With that... Whether without realizing it, whether without the, the, the learner realizing it, 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 it induce one into um, an approach to the material where things are kind of just being hammered into place. And, and when you sit down with someone like that who has agenda-based learning, who has ulterior motive-based learning, and you call them out on these kinds of details, they will quickly realize that, yeah, there was a lot that was overlooked, a lot that was glossed over, and I, I can't make sense of these things. Um, because a lot was just kind of hammered into place to fit the, the shot that I came up with due to sloppy, sloppy, a sloppy approach to the material. Okay, this is a scary thing, but invariably and inevitably, agenda-based learning will yield such results. That's what I'm learning, Shalei L'Shem Shemaim. When I'm learning L'Shem Shemaim, I just want the truth and nothing but the truth. The facts and nothing but the facts. The, the pure emes that lies within this black Gemara that's learning with attention to detail. And I'm not going to go on until I really have a reasonable pshat in the, du- nu- in the nuances, in the details, in the little quirks that are going on here in this Gemara. How come this word? How come this phrase? How come this line? This doesn't really make sense. And I, I don't go on without, you know, the, the one was asking yesterday after she about Bikiyas. So we, we discussed Bikiyas, that there's a, a time and a place where you have to learn more, more quickly. And there's an idea of covering more ground. But there's a number of things that, that can be said about that. Bikiyas, first of all, is there to help with my eon. Give me, no, the, the, this, let me see uh, a lot of concepts that are going on in Shas, so that my eon learning will be done better, my diktuk learning, my detail-oriented learning will be done better. And Bikiyas itself has to be with, with a certain chlorkite, with a certain clarity, okay? And, and, and I can glass my way and breeze my way and, and, and bulldoze my way through the through bikis as well in a very sloppy oven, or I can bikis can also be learned with attention to detail, with 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 with, with clarity. I want to say one more thing. One more thing. Once that's on the table, um, learning with diktuk, learning with attention to detail, and a focus on, on on the nuances doesn't necessarily mean you have to come out with. Um, The solution to all the details, and the the uh, the you know the crack open those details, understand what's going on behind the scenes with all those details. But at the very least, it means picking up on the details, picking up on the nuances. When you learn Bikiyas, like hey, this is funny. This gemara is a little bit funny. This Rashi says something very odd and unexpected. This Taisvis has a sudden a, a bad face, a very sudden abrupt shift over here. I don't understand how this part connects to that part. We always have to be looking for these details. We always have to be uh, 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 on the lookout for these nuances, and that's learning with diktuk, and that's learning with a focus towards MS. 
And one of the very very often one of the differences between learning Bikiyas and learning Bikiyan is do I stop and then pursue those details? Do I develop those details? Do I try to take them at a soif? Or do I say, look, I picked up on all these things, and next time around, you know, I'll earmark this, bookmark this. When I make it to this blot Bikiyan, so then I will delve into it further. I, I will. I will develop it further and get to the bottom of it. But for the time being, I at least notice it. When someone is learning again with, 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 with an agenda, he will have a vested interest not even to notice it. No, no, what do you mean? That? This, the Gemara makes perfect sense. This Rashi makes perfect sense. This this is great. This is the Pshat and the Rashi. Oh, really? This is Pshat and the Rashi? So Hakam Rashi says this. This is really the Pshat and the Rashi. Hakam Rashi says that. Even when one is learning Bikiyas, one has an obligation to learn with Diktuk, with an eye towards detail, pick up on the details, even if one won't necessarily delve into those details. Clark? Okay, so anyway, so we see very much how these two ideas go hand in hand, learning with uh, focus, with an eye towards detail, picking up on all, all, the, all, the, all the, the nuances, exploring all the, the chayrim and the stockim that exist in every plaid gemara, and, 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 and how that's connected to learning the Shem Shemai. When I, when I learn for the sake of Torah's emes, for the sake of Yediyas HaTorah, for the furtherance of the, just the understanding of Torah, not for my own furtherance at all, this is how I'm going to learn. I'm going to be looking for everything. I'm not going to be looking to come up with a quick sloppy pshat and hammer it into place. Hammer it into place. I'm going to be looking, Fakiris, I'm going to be looking towards the Gemara for the Gemara to instruct me what's going on over here. So, how does that help us? Now, now that that's been firmly established over here, the guy says that helps me with Midas work, that helps me with working at my bad Midas, reining in my bad Midas, training myself to replace bad with good, actions, character traits. How does learning with Diktuk, with, with eye towards details and nuances, how does that help me in that area? How do the two go hand in hand? The idea and the answer to that really is, is, is expressed in the mission of Perkeabas. And the mission says, Loi Ama Oritz Chosid. An Ama Oritz is not going to become a Chosid. Cannot become a Chosid, right? That's very reassuring. Um, and and uh, maybe Bushi, that can, that can be flipped around. A Chosid is Nishkein Ama Oritz also, right? So what was the mission to mean, Loi Ama Oritz Chosid? The chassid, the chassid of uh, Pirkei Avos, a chassid is someone who can go lifnei mishuas hadin. A chassid is someone who who um, understands differences, who understands distinctions, who understands that sometimes there's a time and a place to to go above and beyond what what uh, the letter of the law is and what I'm absolutely expected and required to do. Sometimes it's appropriate to go, to go beyond that to go beyond what, what, what uh, I'm required to do. That, that, makes, that, that, that requires a person to be above the level of an, of, of an Amaritz. An Amaritz is someone who is black and white. It's an Amaritz. Black and white. Um, a very superficial approach to life and a superficial approach to learning as well, a superficial approach to Torah and mitzvahs. For someone to get into the nitty-gritty of his own personal world and his midas and his maizim toivim for a person to really to really you know get down into the to the mud and wrestle with his yetzer hara work on himself work on his midas there has to be a critical self-awareness and self-understanding which is dependent on a critical ability to make critical distinctions and differences and pick things apart be able to analyze oneself, slow things down, and be able to ask yourself in situations 
why am I doing this? Why did I do this? Why am I saying this? Why did I say this? It requires the ability to slow things down, frame by frame, and to really pick things apart and make critical differences and critical distinctions that are very subtle. Subtle but critical differences and distinctions. And the Amarts can't do this because for the Amarts, everything is black and white. Well, I said that because that was the right thing to say. I, I punched that guy because he deserved a punch. I, you know, cut that guy off because he deserved to be cut off. I refuse to help this person out because he doesn't deserve it. When you're in a black and white place, in a black and white world, your self-awareness is also very black and white. And, 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 and you're in this unfortunate place where you cannot work on your meters because you can't slow things down, you can't track things, you can't self-analyze. You can't see those distinctions which, which are, are, are the key to all of Midas' work and, 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 and Meissen' work to be able to really get into your own personal world, your own personal motivations, and to, to, to slow things down and to, and to rewind and to zoom in and, and say, no, no, was that really coming from a, a, a proper place? My motivation, was it, was it really appropriate? You know, I might have, was, 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 was my reaction warranted or was I just convincing myself that that was the right reaction? Was my response in the situation the appropriate one? Or was it coming from some nagis that I had, from some vested interest that I had? You have to be able to zoom in, you have to be able to slow things down, and you have to be able to see beyond the black and white. That's something that you can't do when you're an amart, that's something you cannot do when you're trained to think in black and white, when you're trained to learn in a superficial way, when you're trained to learn, uh, and your approach to Torah is just... You know, cut and dry, cut and dry. You know, the first shot that pops into your head, so you can go weiter. The first shot that 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 seems to make sense in the Rashi, the first shot that seems to make sense in the Taisus. Person has trained himself that his thought process is very obtuse, very black and white. And when he turns that inwardly as well, if things are black and white, I could do this. I can't do that. This does make sense. This doesn't make sense. This is the right thing for me to do. This is the wrong thing for me to do. And there's nothing in between. Learning with Dikduk is the critical training of the mind to see all the shades of gray that lie in between those black and those whites. And, and the black and the white are, are, are in the minority in terms of what's going on in most situations. Most situations lie in all those, all those, all those myriad shades of gray that lie in between the two opposite poles. And it's critical distinction-making, difference-making, which comes from one training oneself to approach learning with an eye towards detail, an eye towards nuances, an eye towards diktukim, and to, to force oneself to say, to confront this, that, no, this word in Rashi really doesn't make any sense. And this, this shift in Taisus, this really doesn't make any sense. And the fact that the Raj was saying things this way, not that way, it really doesn't make any sense. It's not how the Raj said earlier. When one forces himself to confront those differences and those pick up on the nuances to learn with diktuk, one has this critical ability that can now be shown inwards. You take that great searchlight and spotlight of diktuk and shine it inwards, and one can now apply that to oneself and confront oneself and say, did I really need to say that? Did I really need to do that? Did I really not have the ability to do that? Was it really true that I couldn't do this and I couldn't do that, that I need to do this and I need to do that? That's when I'm in a black and white world, yeah. I just paper things over. I go with the most immediate and appealing pshat in my own inner world. But when I learn with diktuk, then 
then then no. I, I apply that diktok to myself as well, and I slow things down, and I zoom in, and I, I'm honest with myself, I'm able to slow things down, and that allows me, that's what allows me to work on my Yitzhahara, when I have located the Yitzhahara. I found it. I flushed them out. I flushed them out. When a person is not artsy, he can't flush out his Yitzhahara. When a person is not artsy, he thinks in black and white terms, and the Yitzhahara is able to hide. And that's, Rabbi Sai, why zebras are black and white. You know that? That's right. When, when, when something is black and white, it's able to remain hidden. Why are zebras black and white? So they can, they can, they can hide on the plains of the Serengeti. That's right, the Serengeti. The Serengeti, they can hide up. The black and white is perfect camouflage. It lets them blend in with all those reeds and things like that, the rushes and the reeds. And it's this random pattern of just alternating bands of black and white. And they blend in with the Serengeti. The lions don't find them. The Yetzirah hides behind black and white. And when we think in black and white, and we can only look at ourselves in black and white, black means wrong, white means right. And it's so easy to convince ourselves that we're right. And it's so easy to convince ourselves that we weren't wrong. And the Yetzirah hides behind those black and white stripes. Not unlike, not unlike the zebras of the Serengeti. And that's exactly why... This prevents us from working on our meters, working on our mice and taivim. When one can see everything that lies in between the black and the white, that flushes out the Yetzir Haro. You turn that inwardly. Why? The why? And the motivations. And and where was it really coming from? You're able to be honest with yourself. We all want to be honest with ourselves, with ourselves. We're able to be honest with ourselves when we see everything that lies in that spectrum in between black and white. And that comes from training the mind to learn with Diktok to see the details, not to paper over the details, see the nuances, not to, not to take some obtuse pshat and, and hammer all the details into it. And this is the training, says the guy, that we, even as adults, we can still use this to perfect ourselves. There's, there is still hope for all of us, even though we're talking about chinuch, talking about raising and, and helping our children. The first thing the guy did tell us is there's still hope for us. When we're medactic in our learning, we can be medactic in our lives. And that's what we want to give over to our children when they're young. The idea of learning towards detail, nuance, and l'shem shamayim, as the guy said. You tell your kindalach, let's learn the Torah because it's so zis, because it's so halik, so beautiful, because it's so amazing, because it's the best thing that a yid can possibly do. Says the guy, you train your kids to learn l'shem shamayim. Your kids are not grace alone done yet when they're 7, 8, 9, 10. No. They're not, they're, they're, their attention to detail is not going to be our attention to detail. We've been Baruch Hashem trained. In, in the great training halls of yeshivas, but your kids can be taught the value of learning l'shem shamayim. L'shem shamayim means which, no ulterior motives. Don't learn. Kindlech, there's an idea of learning for learning's sake. There's an idea of learning because the, the, the Torah is so amazing. There's the idea of, of learning because this is what Hashem wants us to do. There's an idea of learning because there's no greater thing that you can do. And that you can give over to your kid when he's six, and when he's seven, when he's eight, and when he's nine, and when he's ten. You give that over to your kids, you're providing them with such a strong foundation of the proper approach to learning, which will have such immense payoffs in their ability to fight their own Yetzirah and their ability to work on their own Maisim Toivim. Everybody got that? That means the following. I say this with caution. And I say this knowing that I'm stepping into controversy. And I say this knowing that there's people at this table that will feel that, that, uh, that um, they may be on the wrong side of the table. But they're not. They're not. They're not. 
not at all on the wrong side of the table right now, so please nobody should feel that way. But Rabbi Yisai, in our day and age, the opponents of the Gain are, 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 are um, creating movements, and have created movements in Kleisel, and it's our responsibility as parents to know, to know that the words and the teachings of the Gain are still very relevant and even maybe more relevant for us to give our kids that as a supplement, being that those voices that the Gain is attempting to silence are still very much active and relevant. What did the Gain say at the end? You got to train your kids to learn the Shem Shemayim and don't listen to those who say, no, it's okay, just get kids to learn. Get kids to learn. They don't have to learn the Shem Shemayim. Says the Gain, no. You got to train your kids that there's something called learning for learning's sake. That's such important training. Learning because the Torah is Zis, because the Torah is Halig, because the Torah is lofty and pure and is Hashem's greatest gift to us. You got to train your kids. Don't listen to the people that say, just get your kids through the door. Who are those people? The people still ran, just get your kids through the door? There's still, there's still movements like this? Proponents of getting your kids to learn Shaloy L'Shem Shemayim? Who out there wants to get our kids to learn Shaloy L'Shem Shemayim? You know who? Pause, don't stop. Make again. Now, yeah, okay, so, uh, now I said, no one's on the wrong side here. You need to have incentive-based learning and, you know, it started with a certain idea that, that, you know, if you don't have this, kids aren't going to come to learn. There's parents that don't learn with their kids. That was really, what was the, the, the motive behind, behind these kinds of programs when they first started was this, the fathers that never learn with their kids, right? And there's kids that never get the chance to learn with their fathers. And there's kids that maybe don't have regular learning during the week. This, this is, that's where this, these kinds of programs started. They kind of snowballed. They kind of snowballed. And they're still very nice. They're great. They're amazing. I'm not saying they should stop. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that people that are involved in them are Khalil Vachaz. Every community needs these programs. Every community needs these people that selflessly, tirelessly, and with dedication keep these, keep these programs going. Really. And I'm saying that without this, the, the, the slightest tinge of facetiousness. It became a thing. And, and, and there's, 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 your kid feels that he's part of a, a greater program. He feels he's part of a greater movement. That's also important. You know, the kids like to get these things. It's nice to incentivize things. These things are important. But Rabbi Zay, it's also important that we make time during the week to learn with our kids when there's no prizes and when there's no raffles and when there's no pizza and when there's no, and, and, and when there's no french fries. That's just as important. We've got to do both. As the guy is telling us, you have to show your kids there's such a thing as learning Shalai Shemaim. There's such a, thing, such a thing as learning Lashem Shemaim. And I would say, Fakir, the fact that we have Baruch Hashem, all these wonderful programs, which are great, which give the kids excitement, they give the kids uh, a gishmak, they give the kids that, that sense of being part of a kol toira, which is very, very nice, being part of a greater thing. But the fact that, they, that, they, that there, are, there are programs in the, you know, the, 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 community activities, the community cycle of activities that are incentivizing learning allows us even more to give learning to our kids where, it's, where, where the only incentive is L'Shem Shemaim and allows the kid to see that contrast. Allows the kid really to understand that I don't always have to learn to get pizza. I don't always have to learn to get into, into a raffle. I don't always have to learn to, 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 uh, to win that board game, to win the mountain bike. I can sometimes learn just for learning's sake. So it, 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 if anything, it sets up that contrast even, even more richly <laughs> and sharply, this, this idea of the gun. But so important as a parent, Rabbi Yisai, don't rely on Avosubanim. You can't rely on that, that 
I, I did my duties. I, I, once a week, I go to the shul with my kid. I feel so good about myself. No, the guy is telling us if you rely on that, for that to be your only learning in, in activity and learning and interaction with your kids, then you are a paishaya. You are irresponsible. Okay. You, you are what? No, not about Gaiva. No, 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 no. You're just not doing your parental duties. You're, 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 you're taking the easy way out. Not about Gaiva. You're just relying on, on the programs. You're relying on the system. The guy is saying you can't rely on the system. No. Your, your duty is to be there for your kids, to help them see that you can also learn L'Shem Shemaim also. So important. Not to rely on that as a parent. Bring your kids to these programs. And, and, and we appreciate these programs. These programs are great. And again, I'm not making a campaign to stop Avasubanam. I'm really not. I'm really, really not. But I am making a campaign that every parent has to have Avuben also. Aside from Avasubanam, you have to have an Avuben program. Find time during the week to learn with your kids outside of Avasubanam. Find time to learn with your kids during the week where they're not getting anything for it aside from that gratification, that knowledge that they're learning L'Shem Shemayim. And when you teach your kids that there's such a thing as learning because the Torah is so amazing, because there's nothing greater in life than to sit and learn Hashem's Torah, then you're giving them that gift of non-agenda-based learning, non-motive-based learning, and there's an idea of learning L'Shem Shemayim, L'Shem the Emes, and, and this will put your kids ahead of the pack and ahead of the game, and they will be lined up and poised for learning with Diktuk and learning in such a way that they will be Tamir Chachamim, and they will have the, those the gifts that Torah affords us, and be able to to um, grow and develop, and give us all as parents tons and tons and tons of nachas. When we do our job properly, we see our children developing properly. Okay, so that's that. That's vav vav vav. Thank you for joining. Everyone should have.